Center 5 presents The Chain. Gentlemen, in summation, we've weighed everything. Our military strength, position, their strength, the politics, the economics, everything relevant. And as of this moment, the scales are in perfect balance. Well, General, are you saying we've reached a stalemate? No, Senator. A stalemate occurs when both sides have exhausted their forces. But unless there is bilateral disarmament of nuclear forces... We can only adhere to the present policy. Since nuclear disarmament seems a long way off, then uh, the suggested course would be to bend all efforts to preventing brush fires? Yes. But sometimes a brush fire seems to start without a match. Where does it begin? Who or what kindles the flame that starts a fire which can become a holocaust? Every event is formed from links in endless chains. The largest event may begin with a seemingly insignificant link. The United Nations building, please. Yes, sir. Beautiful day, isn't it, sir? What? Huh? Oh, oh, yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, my wife's always beefing. Says I'm working on all the nice days. <laughs> Comes my day off, it rains. What does she want from me? <laughs> like I got... Look out, that's all! Yeah, some people letting their dogs run around loose. Like they give a guy a heart attack. Oh, hey, mister, you okay? I mean, I mean, you, you didn't bang your head or nothing when I stopped, did you? No, 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 I'm not hurt. Uh, could you move on, please? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Now, maybe i better take you to a hospital? No, I'm all right, just uh, shaking a bit. Well, uh, I got some forms here in the glove compartment. Uh, if you'll sign oh. one. Yeah, yeah. All it says is that I offered to take you to a doctor and you uh, refused. That uh, lets me off the hook if you sue. I have no intention of suing. Well, it's okay to sue, but like I said, it uh, just takes me off the hook. Just sign there at the bottom, huh? Look, will you please watch where you're driving? It wasn't my fault. That big slob cut me off. That's, uh, 60 cents. And will you sign the form, mister? Here's a ballpoint. All right, all right, all right. Beckley Fletcher. There. Hey, hey, you change. Keep it. Cab. 603 12th Avenue. Yes, sir. Beautiful day, isn't it, sir? An ordinary event like countless others in every day. A simple link in a chain of human affairs. Hello, uh, this is Fletcher. Will you connect me with Mr. Douglas, please? Jediah Douglas. It's rather urgent. 
Hello, Jed. Yeah, I'm at the U.N. I'm uh, afraid I've committed a super goof. I left my briefcase in a cab and had all the copies of the Raganda report in it. <laughs> well, en route, he stopped suddenly to avoid hitting a dog, and I was a bit shaken. And I realized the moment after I got out of the cab that... Oh, no, I haven't told the chairman yet. Well, I was uh, hoping that you could have some additional copies of the report run off and flown up in a diplomatic pouch. Uh, yeah, I realize it's Friday. Well, I suppose it can wait till Monday. In the meantime, I'll try to trace the cab. And if I can get my briefcase back within a few hours, I won't have to ask for a delay. <laughs> no, I certainly won't mention that I lost the ribbon in the cab. I know a particular delegate who would make diplomatic mincemeat of such a truthful admission. <laughs> well, Raganda has waited 3,000 years for economic aid, so I don't suppose another weekend will make that much difference. So long, Jed. If Beckley Fletcher had not hailed that particular cab, if that dog had not run out into the street... If he had forgotten his briefcase. But no matter. It's only a small embarrassment. Probably no more important than a link in a chain. Look, lady, I know we came in here. I picked him up outside the U.N. and took him to this here place, 603 12th Avenue. Well, how long ago was this? My last fair. No more than five, six minutes. After I spotted the briefcase on the floor of my cab, I put up the off-duty sign and swung around a block. I, I, I must have passed up maybe maybe like six fares. Well, that's it. Yeah. Well, there was Mr. Westworthy. He came in with Miss Davis. And the guy was alone. Before that, Mr. Gregson himself came by. Mr. Brooks Gregson. He's the head of the agency. Yeah, look, I... But that doesn't look like his briefcase. <sighs> I don't think it's... Oh, say, that is good quality, Lady, though, how about skipping the appraisal, huh? I got a cab parked at the curb, maybe getting a ticket. So let me leave this and go. Oh, wait a minute. I'll ring his office. Hello, Sybil. This is Jeanette. Uh, there's a cab driver out here who thinks Mr. B.G. left his briefcase in a taxi. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> I, I know that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Tonight? Oh, no, no, no. Not tonight, sweetie. I promised Mother I'd watch TV with her, but I'd love to meet him. For crying out... Okay? Uh, I'm sorry, but Mr. Gregson is in conference. Yeah, yeah. So just leave the briefcase. I'll see that he gets it. Look, I'm sure it's his, Do you want to hang think... around for the reward? Lady... Oh, goodbye already. Uh, no, Jeanette, that is not my briefcase. Oh, the cab driver swore I'm that I'm sure you... he did. Well, what should I do with it? Well, let's open it and... Mm, you know it'd be locked. Oh, now that really takes the cake, doesn't it? Imagine some poor guy locks his briefcase so no one can open it and then loses the whole darn thing. Probably just contains the salesman's order book. The cabbie leave his name? No, no, he didn't. Then I suppose we'd better send it over to the hack bureau. Call a messenger. Okay, but... Well, you know how it is on Fridays, Mr. Gregson. They take forever. Well, Monday morning. Won't make a difference. For months, the country of Rwanda has waited and waited. For months, the government of the United States 
had said they were making a carefully of the situation. Months during which countless Rogandians patiently starved while they waited for a simple little report to the United Nations Committee on Economic Development. My own country offered aid time and again, but Roganda refused because she believed the United States would grant aid which would be administered by the United Nations. And at last, the reading of the report is found on the agenda. At last. But now Roganda is told there will be a small delay. The United States gives no reason for the delay. The delegate merely promises that on Monday the report will be read. I submit that on Monday he will say Tuesday, and on Tuesday he will say Wednesday, and eventually the session will end without the report being presented, while thousands of Rogandians live and die in the vain belief The usual diplomatic thrust. The words change, but the tune remains the same. Had the report been delivered on time, the same delegate would have condemned it as interference in the internal affairs of Rogunda. Surely when this report is presented on Monday, this particular chain of minor events will end in an insignificant circle. with the On The Hour News. The top story of the day broke within the last few minutes. Early this evening, the United States consulate in Rwanda was stoned by an angry mob carrying signs of protest against Yankee imperialism. First reports gave little hint as to the reasons for the sudden flare-up, and for several hours, the Rwandan government imposed strict censorship on all dispatches. But we now have a report from a reliable source. The neutralist government of Premier Bartre has been deposed by a military junta. A government overthrown. Coincidence? No. An inevitable event forged from successive links in a chain still growing, link by link, threatening to engulf the earth. Jed. Well, I received the copies of the Raganda report this morning, and a few minutes after I got them, I heard from the Hack Bureau. My briefcase was turned in. I'm up to my ears in copies, but I don't know what to do with them. Well, the way I see it, we're hanged if we do and hanged if we don't. We can't make the offer of aid to the new government until... Oh, wait a minute, Jed. That's about the largest dose of diplomatic buck passing I've heard. Well, all right, you can call it the straw that broke the camel's back, but there was a lot of... What? Well, I haven't any more idea of that than you do. What does national intelligence say? Hold on, Jed. Suppose I present the report and hear the reaction. <laughs> Maybe it'll give us the answer. It is very interesting to note that after promises of several months, the United States government chooses this day to present its plan for aid to Rwanda. This very day, 
when the delegate from Rwanda is not a legal representative of his government and can accept only in behalf of the imperialist puppet regime which no longer rules Rwanda. This is clearly an attempt to foster counter-revolution against the public of Rwanda. I move that the chairman table the reading of the report until the legal representative of the government of Rwanda can accept in behalf of the people of his country. And if I may add, I will not be surprised if the United States government will withdraw its plan for aid when the legal representative of Rwanda is seated. The great powers debate, charge, and countercharge. But both East and West are aware of the dangers in upsetting the balance of the scales. An anxious world watches and waits, fearing that one of the great powers will make a military commitment which will cause a counter-commitment from the other side. And here, in a taped interview, General Austin Byron gave his views on the situation in Rwanda. There's certainly no cause for panic about the change of government in Rwanda. Uh, we've received assurances that the rights of American citizens will be respected. What about their announced plan to nationalize the tin-producing industry, General? The tin mines are American and British investments. Well, that's a matter to be settled between our governments. I can't comment on it. Do you have plans to enlarge our military establishment in Rwanda? No. There have been several reports that the Rwanda government is receiving supplies of arms from the east. No such reports have been verified, and I might say it doesn't help the situation for you reporters and commentators to present such rumors. Well, General, we always mention it when reports are unconfirmed. Sir, have you taken any special precautions to safeguard the security of our missile base in Rwanda? All personnel are confined to the base in order to avoid any incident. Then you would say the missile base has been placed on alert? No, sir. I want to state emphatically that the situation does not call for an alert. I must ask you not to throw such terms around. The general and all military men on both sides have learned to fear escalation, a chain of events which increases too rapidly to control. To the great powers, there is little to gain and everything to lose. The military status quo must be maintained. At the United Nations, national interests are temporarily put aside. The United States is to be commended on its speedy recognition of the People's Government of Rwanda and its offer of economic aid to be administered by the United Nations. My government wishes to join with the United States in the interest of international and therefore will match the United States offer dollar for dollar. The political generals as well as the military ones recognize the danger. An unusual show of international cooperation is beginning to result from a series of events which could have led to war if the great powers had tried to gain a small advantage from the situation. Stability and balance have become the watchwords of our time. 
extraordinary development has taken place in Rwanda, coming on the heels of pledges of economic aid from both east and west. A dispatch from Washington informs us that Cartesia, Rwanda's northern neighbor, has charged Rwanda with aggression. In retaliation, an armored column has crossed the Rwandan frontier and is speeding toward the capital. Cartesia is a nation solidly aligned with the West and receives both economic and military aid from the United States. States with instigating aggression by Cartesia against the People's Republic of Rwanda. My government proposes that the United Nations call for an immediate cease. Our ambassador condemned the charge against the United States as irresponsible, but joined in the plea for an immediate ceasefire. Latest dispatches from Rwanda are conflicting, but it seems certain that Cartesian troops have penetrated far into the Who is to blame for the threat to the balance of the scales? Rwanda, Cartesia? What caused the outbreak of war between these tiny nations? Who fired the first shot? These are questions that need no answering at the moment. What is important is that this brush fire be contained before it spreads. Kansian army has deserted the capital. Observers report the evacuation was orderly. Apparently, the decision was made in order to physical damage to the capital. The Rogandian government has issued no statement of surrender, and it is presumed that it intends to continue the fight from more strategic ground in the mountain areas of Roganda. There are unconfirmed reports that the Rogandians are receiving military support from volunteer units coming from an eastern nation. I must repeat, these are unconfirmed reports. There is absolutely reports. no evidence that the Rogandian army is being reinforced by volunteers. The personnel at our missile base is on standby duty, but the base is located far from the center of hostilities. I have every reason Acting to believe that... Rogandian troops have seized the United States missile base. Units of the 7th Airborne Battalion have launched an attack in a desperate effort to recapture the base. Oh, wait, wait. This is the latest dispatch. A missile. I repeat, a missile has just been launched from our base, presumably by the Rogandians. We have no information concerning the missile itself. It may be equipped with a nuclear warhead. And we have no information about the missile's destination. How did it begin? What was the first link in the chain of events? The scales of war were in perfect balance until... until a dog ran into a street. Theater 5 has presented The Chain, written by Leonard Stand, produced and directed by Warren Somerville. In the cast, Robert Dryden, Gil Max, Stan Watts, George Petrie, and Natalie Priest. Audio engineers, Neil Pulse and Marty Folia. Sound technician, Ed Blaney. Script editor, Jack C. Wilson. Original music by Alexander Vlastotsenko. Orchestra under the direction of Glenn Osser. Executive producer for Theater 5, Lee Bowman. We invite your comments. Write to Theater 5, New York 23, New York. That's Theater 5, New York 23, New York. This is Fred Foy speaking.
This has been an ABC Radio Network production.